0: Hello, I'm Kellyanne Taylor and this is the Radio Times Podcast. Every week I sit down with a celebrity guest from the world of TV or film to talk about their lives both on and off screen. To my fellow TV enthusiasts, I hope you enjoy listening. This week's guest is the double BAFTA-winning TV chef, Big Zoo. Born Zahir Hassan to a mother from Sierra Leone and a dad from Lebanon, he grew up on the Mozart estate in West London. He started cooking age nine to, as he says, help around the house when his mother fell pregnant with his younger brother. It was whilst he was studying to become a social worker at university that he decided to drop out in pursuit of a full-time music career. After making a name for himself as a grime MC rapper, he turned the heads of TV commissioners when he started posting videos of himself on social media cooking. That landed him his Dave show, Big Zoo, Big Eats. In this episode, we talk about Big Zoo's love of Strictly, why his mum thought he was possessed by the devil, and learning Latin with Boris Johnson. And I'm going to give you a lesson in Latin.
1: <laughs> so he taught us Latin for an hour.
0: What did, do you remember anything that you no, learned? It was Boris Johnson. No.
1: I didn't even listen. <laughs> he booed, we, we booed him when he came out. We didn't even know why. We just booed him. He just came out with a like, boo.
0: Plus, we talk about the anger he felt when he won a BAFTA. Zoo, welcome to the Radio Times podcast. Hello. How
1: are you doing? You okay? <laughs>
0: um okay it goes a bit everywhere this chat let's do it so let's start with what is the view from your sofa so talk me through your living room setup
1: well just straight in you in my house (laughs) view from my sofa it depends what side you're sitting on i've got massive sofa we got dfs uh they gave it to me in return for some social media posting i've Uh, got a i've got a sofa that has like charging points reclines turns into a bed headlights Proper cool, high-level sofa. So my sofa, I normally sit on the recliner, because there's only two recliners. So I sit in the recliner corner. I have a TV that is massive. It's an 82-inch. Then we have like our like shelf that has all my like accolades. So like the BAFTA, the enemy award I robbed from Burner Boy, some broadcast awards, um, picture of the lads, painting from my sister. Couple of little random bits: our Wi-Fi box and then a fake plant, and then you have a rug, circle table that I hate when my friends put their feet on it, but we always put our feet on it. But I always think about we're gonna eat from that one day. Yeah. Then I got a lot of cuddly toys on our sofa as well, which you'll see: it was a panda, lion, couple from couple from London Zoo, and a couple just from IKEA. But a lot of cuddly toys as well. You're a collector. Kind of. I live with my friends, so. How many is, of you? There's four of us so me Tubbs and Hyder the guys I make bigs and then D who is a a musician and also my stylist he lives with me as well
0: okay so when
1: you're watching TV who controls the remote in your house me normally (laughs) it's normally next to me because I'm a very good selector
0: okay I I have
1: have good timing yeah of when to change okay what do you watch a lot of action Bronson Uh, he has a a program called That's Delicious beep
0: that's delicious that's delicious
1: Um, I watch that I watch Mark Weens, who is another food blogger he always says oh wow oh wow <laughs> and then best ever food review show Sunny I watch that watch a bit of the Sidemen Beta Squad uh, I don't watch a lot of television but I've been watching Strictly we got Eddie Caddy you can move your hips I didn't know you could do that bro That's so sweet that you're a Strictly fan. Yeah, my mum loves it. So, because my mum loves it, I watch it. I watched it. I watched the first episode of my mum. And since then, I've been keeping up. And yeah, man. Big up um, the kid from EastEnders, Jay Goody's son, Bobby Brazier. He's he's like the most beautiful man to ever live. He is. (laughs) He is. He's really good. And whenever he dances, they're like, you have great form and your structure of your bones. And I always feel like that's not fair. What if you're not tall and slender?
0: True, very yeah, you true. You don't get those comments. Yeah, but then sometimes you get kind of a like a, a rogue breakthrough. Who did we have <laughs> a few years ago? Bill Bailey won it. Bill and Bailey, he was the with underdog. my good friend,
1: O.T. Oh, It's only because of O.T. that he won. I
0: love her.
1: But Bill Bailey is a musician.
0: So you think he's got natural Music's rhythm. Music's in his
1: bones. So he, as much as he looks like an old white man <laughs> who can't dance... He's actually old white man that can dance.
0: Very. True. Would you go on strictly if given the chance?
1: They've asked me to do it before.
0: Have you got rhythm?
1: Can you dance? I, yes. You should be able to see <laughs> in my beard. No, I'm. I I got rhythm still. Yeah. I can. I can. I can. Yeah. I can't really. I can't do quick step and a tango and a flamenco, whatever the things are. But I'll try. I want to have a scandal. If I went on strictly, <laughs> I want to have a scandal.
0: What, like a love
1: scandal? Love scandal. Marriage. I love Stacey her. Dooley. Sorry, Stace.
0: She was amazing.
1: She, she won and she got a son.
0: <laughs> so there we go. There we go. Okay, is there anything that you don't like watching
1: on TV? TV turn-offs. I don't want to do that. I feel bad. I feel like that's a diss. Who, uh, you know what? Had enough of Bargain Hunt. <laughs> and those kind of shows. Yeah, okay. There's no more bargains, the cost of living crisis. No this into bargain hunt though. Sorry. It just, I, you're the first one that came to my mind.
0: Yeah, okay. More like daytime TV, maybe not No, not all, I
1: don't mind daytime TV. I don't mind a bit of Homes Under the Hammer. I love Homes Under the Hammer. Or
0: the one where it's, you go away. That's also brilliant. What? Um, like, ho- um Home in yeah, the Sun something. Yeah, like where that. you go and look at three Spanish villas. and fillers. Yeah, that, one, How that much one's alright as here. well. That one's alright. Okay, what's your TV snack and drink of choice?
1: TV snack. I love sweet and salty popcorn. Sweet and salty. No? No, just salt. Just salt? Otherwise
0: it's it's overwhelming.
1: No. Yeah. I love the combination of both. Well, it's it's your TV snacking. Exactly. Hating on me for no reason. Um, sweet and salty popcorn, and then what drink? Drink of choice. I love orange juice.
0: I With love ice? I, no.
1: With bits. No. Okay. Just orange juice. And nice. Just chilled orange juice. <laughs> I love tasting all versions as well. Like from concentrate, Tropicana, every version sainsbury's essentials then taste the difference yeah
0: the best one is tesco just own brand i believe it's all right what's yours
1: tropicana, tropicana. It's, it's a little bit yeah, thin wait, though it?
0: and this can be quite expensive
1: what can i say i have a tesco's club card <sighs> yeah and i get a little bit back. of discount yeah uh-huh. or That's sainsbury's nectar card oh. £3. three pounds
0: three pounds Huh? okay okay do you watch other cooking shows of course do you not think that feels like
1: what? I love it. Diners, drive-ins and dives with Guy Fieri. That is my favorite cooking show of all time. <laughs> you have a very niche taste. Yeah. Triple D. <laughs> triple D. There's a reason there's flipping 85 seasons. Let me see if my wifi is working. You ready? Diners, drive-ins and dives. You ready? I'm ready. Diners, drive-ins and dives. Why? Is it, how many seasons? That's what I want to know let's see how many episodes 419 episodes wow 419 do you understand how 45 seasons 45 that's gonna be like you no i don't know if we could do 45 big eats
0: yeah why not
1: that's a lot bro we do one a year
0: well i mean you've started
1: yeah, series well, series done both, four, okay i want to six to go <laughs> like, well no that's bad math it's not 36. 30, I, mean, I can't help you. That's how bad I am. 49. 41. Really bad news wow. there. 49. 41 I, to go. I
0: added. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Right. right. We're going to move on to the childhood questions. So, what's your first ever TV memory?
1: First ever? I don't know. Yes. Watching Cat Dealey and Ant and Dec. <laughs> how they used to have this breakfast show. What's it called? SMTV Live? Cat Dealey with braces. And from Birmingham. Oh my God. I'm from Birmingham. I'll <laughs> never forget that. I'll never, ever, ever, ever forget that. We
0: actually figured out yesterday we have quite a big listenership in Birmingham. So, okay. hello, Birmingham Brom people. Here. Thanks for tuning in. 4121. One. What was your um, TV setup like growing up?
1: I moved a lot. So, TV was in random places. But I did have, we did have, I called them the TV with a back off, which <laughs> means TV with a big back. um... You know the TV that had the massive extendo clip? And um, yeah, I had the TV in my living room. And I also had the TV in my room. I had an 11-inch TV, great telly, with an aerial, which had to bend up. And I remember always, match of the day, I used to hate it when the aerial didn't work. I would hate my life. I'd be like, this is why I am poor. I used to be so upset. Match of the day. You only get one match of the day. Yeah. You don't get a replay. No. There's no BBC iPlayer. So when the aerial starts fuzzering and going, I used to be so upset. Bad life. I'm joking. I'm all right. Yeah. So you Had a, big, a TV in my room. It's quite nice. I wasn't rich, but I had that.
0: And you're a big football fan, I take it.
1: Yeah, Liverpool.
0: I just went to the uh, women's game and Liverpool Cold. beat Arsenal women's, which was devastating.
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, wow.
1: My, 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 geez.
0: So um, it was you and your mum when you were growing up. Did you watch a lot of TV together?
1: Yes. What did you watch? Uh, EastEnders. EastEnders and EastEnders. I can only remember watching EastEnders, really. It was very dramatic. EastEnders and Big Brother. Wow. You were allowed to watch Big Brother? How old were you? My mum's African. They don't really know the context of anything. Yeah, watch that. It's fine. My mum did not care. Love Big Brother. Who is she? Oh, my gosh. Who that is was she? iconic. Where did you find her? That is one of the highlights of television. Yeah. RIP Nikki. I know. We can embrace her for her for moments. That was a brilliant series. Also, Brian, remember Brian? The black guy? No. Brian, for Big Brother, Brian. Big up, Brian.
0: I think I only ever watched that series and then the one with Pete Burns. I'm not even sure if that was the same series. Well, that's
1: celebrity, you no? Know? That's celebrity.
0: Celebrity, but I, Well, at the time I didn't know. Well, i don't it, know it, the difference
1: coming back though aj will do we got aj yeah
0: she's
1: amazing back, itv
0: i mean we'll see if it finds its audience because it keeps getting canned and then someone else buys yeah, it so yeah. there's obviously something in it
1: but i mean big brother's one of the most incredible shows of all time i used to watch the one where it's just live you know wow yeah where just, like they're just there and the noise it'll always go to like birds tweeting because i don't know why the noise will always <laughs> cut out but i used to watch that for hours like what are they doing now
0: yeah, okay. Um, were you and your mum close when you were growing up?
1: Yes, very close. A bit too close. We always argued all the time. And it was just the two of you? So- just the two of us. I don't remember the rest of the song. Then my brother was born. Ah. When I was like 10.
0: So baby brother.
1: Yeah, he's he's he's, he's, he's taller than me now. It's really annoying. The second children slender. always are. He's very slender. And he looks like a model. And I'm jealous. <laughs> so one day I'm coming for you, froze.
0: What were you like as a young person?
1: Annoying. (laughs) Annoying. Talk a lot. Very talkative. Very hyperactive. Laughing all the time. I used to cry when I laugh. So if you make me laugh, not now, but back in the day, you make me laugh, I will cry. I couldn't hold it. I couldn't hold it down. I would cry every time. Like tears. Tears of joy.
0: But that's surely quite intense emotion, sir. Yeah,
1: a bit too much. All the time. sweetheart. Every time. It's not good. So
0: what were you like at school? Annoying. Do you do well?
1: Aye. I was smart, I was in like tops of everything, I was in gifted and talented, which I never thought was actually a real thing. I was inducted into my gifted and talented by Boris Johnson. I went to, I didn't go to a very bougie school, I went to a school in Kilburn, very humble school called St. Augustine's and he came, this is when he was running for mayor, he came and did a speech and he said, would these students stay behind? And I was like, okay. He said, all the smart people in my year and he said me last and everyone looked at me like, why is he saying your name? So I thought naturally we're getting in trouble, but I would why am I getting in trouble with the smartest people in my year? So we stayed behind, everyone's left, and he's like, we'd like to welcome you to Gifted and Talented. And I was like, rah. He's like, and I'm going to give you a lesson in Latin. <laughs> so he taught us Latin for an hour.
0: What did do you remember anything that you no, learned? It was Boris. No. I didn't
1: even listen. <laughs> he booed, we, we booed him when he came out. We didn't even know why. We just booed him. He just came out with like, a boo we didn't even know why but now I know I know now I know why yeah good for you thank you that was some serious foresight come on G Um,
0: when did you first get into cooking
1: when I was nine I started cooking at my mum's house to help when she was pregnant with my little brother to like help around the house start cooking and I just kept going from there and were you good from the off yes it's great I'm basically Gordon Ramsay that's a big claim from birth (laughs) from birth yeah (laughs) Now I was good. I was good. I was, I mean, I've always been a young fat man. So it was, I feel like it's in my blood or in my bones. I was always loved food, always had a little like fascination with, with food. And um, when I started cooking, I, I, I was into it. And then I went to secondary school and I did food tech. And that helped me learn how to do like techniques, like stuff like making a roux, making a, a red sauce, learn how to make dough. Then I went to college and, carried on cooking for my friends and just carried on from there.
0: It's interesting. So my dad goes... His nickname is FBT. FBT. Which means Fat Boy Taylor. Jeez. But I wonder... I mean, he's from South Africa. So I feel like maybe for him culturally the word fat has never been a bad thing like he just that's his nickname it's in his email address fbt come on fbt it's in
1: his email address
0: for you did it ever have negative connotations no
1: growing up definitely i used to get dissed for being a big lad but i embraced it i embraced who i was you know it's only so many fat jokes you can take and then eventually like you're all saying the same thing so you're not actually funny
0: yeah
1: you know what i mean Yeah, yeah like i was like get creative say something else Cuss my hair or something. Don't just cuss me for being fat. I've heard that before. i got a friend that still does fat jokes to this day. And he's, he's called Hisham. And to this day, he'll say a fat joke and he'll laugh so much. And I always look at him like... "It's not funny. Do better. But my name is Big Zoo, so I embrace it. And maybe not FFTB, FBT. FBT. Maybe not FBT level. Yeah. But I do embrace my bigness. I'm called Big Zoo. What's yeah. funny is that people meet me and they go, you're not even that big. You're not.
0: <laughs> I think that's it. Like, my dad, he deserves that nickname. No
1: offense. I love him. What well, are telling me? I'm not a big man. Shall I stand up? Shall I stand? No, I'm not going to stand because getting in this chair was long.
0: So your relationship with food has never been difficult? It's always- nah,
1: G. Nah. I've always been able to nyam.
0: Right, let's talk about how you got into music. Yeah. So you were doing, you were studying to be a social worker. Yep. And then you dropped out because your music career was kicking off. Yeah. Tell me a bit about that. How do you start to become successful in music?
1: I mean, I got to a point where I was doing shows in the night and then going for lectures in the morning. And I'm in a lecture. I'm not even thinking about what we're learning. I think about how sick yesterday was. I shut down a rave yesterday. Now I'm in a lecture and listen to this random person tell me stuff. Don't even want to listen to you, bro. I just want to go to the studio. Do you know what I mean? I got to that point. But success in music consistently changes. I feel like you always have a goal and you have a dream. And you when you achieve your goals, you sometimes then go on to achieve your dreams. And then now your dreams become your goals. So it's like stuff that I used to aim to do, I'm doing. And that's when you realize, okay, maybe I'm doing well, but then now I want more. So at first it was maybe making a song with yeah. someone. Then you make that song with that person. Now it's I want to perform across the world. Then you perform across the world, and now it's like okay, I want to have a charting album or this. this. So it always changes. But for me, I thought I made it when I was at radio spitting, spitting my bars, and I had some of the legends in the game repeating my lyrics. I'll never forget that moment. I was in a room spitting, and Skepta was in the back, and he was saying the bars, and I was like, "You're a Skepta, and you know my music, you know my lyrics, mad." it's hard not to add a side of hot crispy hash browns to your favorite mcdonald's breakfast it's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home this episode is brought to you by dove you use all the right skincare products for your face but your body has been missing out With new Dove Serum Body Wash, you can give your body the vitamin C glow it's been wanting, the hydration boost it's been craving, and the active skincare ingredients it deserves. It's time for your body care era. New Dove Serum Body Wash. Get Dove or get FOMO.
0: So were you always musical?
1: Yeah. I never made music growing up. I never played no instruments, but I was always musical, always singing all the time. Vibing, love music was always I was a, like in my secondary school, I was a music guy.
0: What did your mum think when you dropped out?
1: She thought I was possessed by the devil, which is a very African thing. And she started asking people to talk to me.
0: What? Well, Random I mean, people. You can see it's difficult, right? If you're doing well and you're you've got basically a job lined up at the end, you know, if you'd finish your degree, yeah. then you know, from that perspective, she knows you've got definite work. Yeah. Whereas Music is—it's a difficult industry. Oh,
1: yeah, hundred percent. I used to ask her to borrow money, and when I dropped out, I was things are tough. Like, we're like, "Mom, can I get hundred pound, please?" And she'd be like, "I told you. Why you left uni and now you are trying to make music and now you are just." But it—I it, it, remember when I like first like paid one of her bills, and she's like, mm, "Okay, yeah, so, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe I'll listen." And then now she's my biggest fan. There's, I have no bigger fan than my mom. My mom, I go, go on her iTunes and it's only my songs. She's only ever downloaded my songs. Oh. So I'll play a song and she'll be like, I don't have this one. I'm like, yeah, it's not out yet. She's like, can I get it? I'm like, wait, chill. Chill. I have to always tell her chill, mom. Chill. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> but
0: that's nice. That self belief, that self confidence. You know, not everyone has that, and it's a really wonderful thing. Yeah,
1: It's good. It's good. I'm very, I'm very lucky that my mum believes in what I do, and she's been able to get with it. I, obviously, when I dropped out of uni, it was tough for her. She was thinking, my son's worked all this time to get to university. Like, I'm the first person from my family to do that. So, for, for her, it was like it was quite shameful. It was like it was more of a shame thing. It was more like she, like people gonna look at her like she's failed. But
0: not anymore. Not
1: anymore. But I understand that that it is it, it, you have to have a lot of faith and having faith in in music, especially when I don't come from a family of musicians. For her, so like, how are you gonna make it in this rap world, Grime? Yeah, know? I don't even know what Grime is. And then yeah, and then now me me and my powers, we've done incredible things, and mm. I have to thank God.
0: How did you segue into TV?
1: Uh, I was cooking on social media. I had a little. I had a little cooking show on YouTube. I did two episodes of it. It's called Big Zoo's Kitchen. It was just for fun. We did it. To, I did it to promote my music, but I also love cooking. So I like people like really enjoyed it. They loved it when I did like food content. And then uh, a production company called Two Four. There was a developer called Ro Ro He he he. was a good friend of my managers through like mutual friends. And he was like, "Yo, like Zoo, that Big Zoo's Kitchen. I like it. Do you reckon we can get Zoo in for a convo to talk about Telly?" I was like, whatever. This is in 2018, 2018. I'm doing music. I'm on the road. I'm on tour. I'm I'm a full-fledged grime MC. Like, I don't yeah. do anything. I was presenting as well. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, presenting on radio and stuff. But music was my main passion. And they hit, they hit me up. They said, do you want to make a show? I was like, okay, whatever. They get And they get the money for, from Dave to do a pilot. I'm like, what's a pilot? I've only seen pilot at the start of, like, a series. You know, they would say episode one, pilot. Got the pilot, did the pilot with my friend's tubs in Haidar. And the rest is history.
0: Because you know them from school, don't you? Yes. When you look back now, if you could go back to, I don't know, tell your 13, 14-year-old self, this is where you're going to end up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think you would have believed it?
1: No way. We did catering together. So we actually cooked together in school. So I, if, you ask my, if you ask my cooking teacher, Miss Boucher and Miss Johnson, Do you reckon these three kids would end up being award-winning TV chefs? She would have told you you're smoking the highest weed ever created. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? She definitely would have said, something's wrong with you. So when I look back and think about where we've made it to, very thankful, a lot of people in our journey, a lot of incredible people that have helped us to get here. And what you see when you see Big Eats, you see the hard work of many people.
0: What did it feel like to win the BAFTAs?
1: electric, emotional. I, I, if, you, if you watch my speech, I'm kind of angry. I felt like we deserved it. We Why And you the year angry? Because uh, we, we lost the year before mm-hmm. to Davina McCall's show. I love Davina. I love you, Davina. But I felt like we deserved it. It was in lockdown. So we was in, a, it was a lockdown BAFTA. So we had, we was able to celebrate with our crew, but it was BAFTA over Zoom. So we lost over Zoom. So, like, losing like that was tough. Rather than losing the room, have to do the fake clap on camera, yeah. Sit through the ceremony. We lost in a controlled environment. So we was able to, like, be like, like, this is terrible. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So when I went back now, here, I'm, like, sitting in this ceremony, really hot because I chose to wear a jacket. And I will never forget it, when it. yeah, When they're saying the names, I'm like, okay, here we go. Going to lose again. And then, they, and then they said, and they said, Big Zeus, Big Eats. And we just all looked at each other and we like, yo, this is mad. But then when I got on stage, I was like, looked out to the audience and I just thought, we deserve this. We done, we worked so hard to get here and our story, everyone, has, everyone works hard to, to make a show, but our story of who we are and what we do in television as chefs is so different. And when I was on that stage, I wanted to deliver a message. And if you watch the speech, a lot of people have watched speech and have said, it's beautiful. Da, da, da. But if you actually look at my tone and my my facial expressions and how I'm carrying myself, I'm actually angry. Because I'm angry that I had to say what I had to say, which is talk about working class people on television, talk about representation in television. I didn't want to use that. I should have celebrated that moment. Instead, I used it to speak about something politically. And when I did that, I got a lot of respect for it and I got a lot, lot of love for it. But... I I was upset that I had to use my moment to do that. But I was also happy that I was able to try and make a change because I feel like that's what I did in that time.
0: Because it's tiring. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're right. If if someone goes up, they don't have to... You know, if a white man goes up, he doesn't have to say anything about the struggles or the journey because it's accepted that his space... That he can occupy that space. Mm -hmm. And the same, you know, for lots of other people. But it does get tiring. And I speak to comedians a lot and I think, you know, I speak to... Female comedians, and you're having to talk about oh, you know, what's it like as a female comic, as if it's a genre, or yeah. you know, a black comedian. Oh, what's it like as uh-huh. a black comedian? Like that's a genre. Mm. Whereas other people, well, actually, just white straight men don't have to occupy that space. Yeah, white straight. Yeah, pale. it's no, it's and it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because you do, you know, for me, talking to younger women, I want to make sure that they know that in the workplace they don't have to be timid and kind and they can say, speak their mind and they should yeah. feel free to do so
1: yeah
0: but you don't always want to be that person and that becomes even more difficult if we're talking you know in britain class is a huge is a is a huge thing that's overlooked yeah i think often we talk about diversity but we don't really acknowledge that actually it's really important that we have a representation of different classes yeah um, gender sexuality um ethnic background whatever it needs to be represented but it's also difficult because when people are in that space, it feels like they also have to talk about how great it is that they're in that space. Yes, which almost takes away from it a little bit. Yep. Because why do we have to?
1: Yeah, and and that's what it was. It was you explained it really well. It's 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 kind of that. But going through that in such a beautiful moment, but also knowing that I should do this, because I didn't I didn't plan the speech, but I spoke about it my manager before, and I said should be good good if you'd be able to touch on something like that. But then being in the moment and doing it, and you watch all the speeches before, all the speeches are so like positive, like, thank you, I wanna thank this person, I wanna thank that person. For me, it was like, man's from here, Tubbsy's from here, Hyde from here. Big up the team, but this is what we're here for. And I felt the clap in the room. The clap was like, it's like, he just said that. And I was, I'm a young man. Like, I, I, I addressed something as a young person who's, who was only in telly for two years. Only two years in telly, and I addressed something that was so important. And, yeah, it it was a lot. But I thank God at the reaction. I thank God at at the BAFTAs, at the committee, at the academy, people that gave me the opportunity to be able to get up there and do that. And then to win the second BAFTA that night. Second BAFTA, I was able to have a bit more fun with it. I I had a little joke, you know, bigged up my mum. But the second BAFTA was the one that spun my brain because I was against Michael McIntyre the late, great Sean Locke. Like, just... Yeah, like, industry, mad like, people, names, yeah. people, Graham Norton, you know what I'm saying? Alison Hammond, Joe Lycett, like, people that are incredible, incredible, mm-hmm. incredible broadcasters, presenters, comedians, people that's, that have been doing it for years. And they gave me that opportunity to go up there and have two bathers in my hand. I Like, I was... Absolutely spun, and my life definitely changed in that moment. My life changed. I went home and my life changed a lot of, because a lot of people were like, Oh, it's sickly, do telly, and it's sickly, do these things. But that kind of confirmed it for them. And ever since then, people call me double BAFTA award winning, yeah, which is very surreal. Especially when um, I went for the last BAFTAs, I was nominated, we didn't win, but um, Catherine Tate <laughs> and David Tennant were hosting my award. Nice. I didn't win, but they but when Catherine got up there, she was like, "I've never won a BAFTA. I've been nominated eight times." And then David Tennant said, "I've never been nominated." And I'm looking at both of them like, "I've won two. You
0: know, wow.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? That's
0: crazy that David Tennant's never been,
1: never been nominated, and he's a legend. Yeah, well, and so is Catherine Tate. Yeah, i bothered. You know what I'm saying? She, <laughs> they were like, but it just shows like, yeah, but you won because you should have won. But I hope that doesn't
0: take away from that. I mean, no,
1: no, I don't. But it, what it does is it gives you context to
0: yeah of how impo- how, how
1: important it was. Yeah. losing last year, the the last bathers, which was this year, losing the last bathers, showing me how important it was when we won those two. Mm. You know, we've been nominated every season. We've got five noms, which is crazy.
0: You say your life changed in what way? Was it a self confidence thing?
1: No, no, no. We believe we believed in our source regardless. We we knew that what we was making was was different. We knew it. We knew. Well, we won two battles on Dave. Yeah. Like, no disrespect to Dave. I love the channel Dave. Yeah, Dave yeah. are incredible. UK TV. Yeah. We are not BBC, Channel 4, ITV. We are on Dave. And yeah. we done that over there. So we knew what we've done. We put a lot of hard work. But I guess it was more the recognition from others. And it was my peers. Like, my friends from music were like, yo, you really went to telly and smashed it. Yeah. Like a, it's like a news presenter winning a Brit.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, yeah, if you actually like a,
0: break it down like that, that's the truth. It's like, it's like a news
1: presenter saying, I'm going to start making music. Two years later, you win a Brit. Yeah. You'd be like, raw. It's insane. We got Naga Manchee.
0: Oh, I love that lady. <laughs> I think she's magical. What lady? What, she's so articulate. I just, I adore
1: her. Yeah, she's a great woman.
0: Broadcasters, they don't um... No. Which is insane, because when I listen back to the edits, I always think, oh, I've got a lot of arms or arms. are cold. Ours.
1: Yeah. They're cold. Well, they have to be. I like- watch a lot of, like, late-night BBC news, and it's always someone new. It's always someone I've never seen before. But when they come out, I'm like, you lot are cold. <laughs> They're just so good at... They'll be talking about, like, a tsunami, and then they'll switch to, like, something about, like, puppies. Yeah. Like, and they'll do it so cold, they'll be like... And that's what happened in, after the tsunami anyway talking about puppies now and it's, that, yeah, it's, it's the way. They, they always do a little turn as well they always go anyway <laughs> moving on moving on <laughs> and they're doing a one show as well I just done a one show recently
0: yeah they switched one so show. Quickly. they'll
1: be talking about like terminal illness and that is why Claire has two weeks to live anyway speaking about plants <laughs> You know? That can be quite jarring. Uh, Yeah, it's
0: always depressing. Whereas the one show I think does it well, but when you notice it, it's quite amusing. You know, I love
1: hard talk. You watch hard talk? No. Hard talk on BBC. No. Oh my days. I don't know what the guy's name is, but hard talk on BBC, that is serious, serious journalism. He just talks to like. Stop Political it. people, An like, exam. he interviews them, but intensive you be like, "Why did you start a war?" And It's like, "Okay, yo, <laughs> like he's mad." Why is there economic crisis in your country? I'm like, "Yo, this brother, it's called hard talk for a reason." I, yeah, my dream is going hard talk.
0: Wow. Okay, what what would his opening question be?
1: Big Zoo, can you talk to me about the violence and crime? He'll probably do something like that. Yeah, he'll g- get straight to the core. Yeah, okay. and like, he puts you on the spot. And I've seen like world leaders go on there. And they frazzle. And he has them under so much pressure. That's good. I love Hard Talk. I don't know the name of the guy. I've seen him outside BBC once on a bike. And I was like, yo, Hard Talk man. You're cold. He's a G though. Okay, I well, rate him so much. We watch Hard Talk in the night. It's norm- they normally replay at like 2am. But I'm sure it's not, the slot is not 2am. I'm sure okay. it's on at like 7 or something.
0: I'm trying to think if I was the presenter, what I would ask you. You're
1: going to Hard Talk me? I'm
0: going to Hard Talk. You. Go on. Okay, my Hard Talk question for you would be... What was the response to your song that was a tribute to Grenfell? And what was the importance of that moment? What did you want to say with that song?
1: I go to a studio in Labber Grove. Well, I used to go to a studio in Labber Grove that that looks onto Grenfell. So when Grenfell happened, the next day I was in the area trying to help and give back and see what I could do. I jumped off the train at, at Latimer Road and it was like, it was just the, 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 the area felt very eerie. Went to my friend's studio to go chill. And we were like, what can we do? Like, what what can what can I do? What can I do? Apart from trying to give back and donate and move stuff around. And there was a lot of food being donated. So we're just carrying hella tins and stuff. What can I actually do? So I said, I was listening to Mary J. Blige's No More Drama in the, on the train. And the song just kept playing in my head, playing in my head. And then I just said, you know what? I'm going to write something. I wrote it. I said, is it too early to talk about it? And my friend said, bruv, what do you mean is it too early? Like, don't be scared to express yourself. Put it out, did a little donate do, donation link. I didn't think, I didn't know what would come for it from it, but a lot of the victims and families of the victims said thank you. They were like, thank you for saying what we think happened. Yeah. It was a different representation to the media that was coming out at the time of Grenfell. Yeah. At the time it was, oh, how many people have died and what's gone on and why did this happen? So my song was just more of a like tribute to the people and the actual situation. And for them it was a little bit of a different representation of, of, of what happened at Grenfell. And we are st- still trying to trying to work with the people with the team. We've been doing incredible things. I want some money for them on a Sidemen show. Sidemen, I did Sidemen deal or no deal with Jamie, and we opened the 75K box. So I, don't, we, I donated my half t- to Grenfell, which was beautiful. And uh, we got, we're working on some stuff um, coming up now. I got some stuff coming up into, uh, we, in terms of like, you know, the silent walks and stuff. We, we've been able to, I've been able to be involved with what they're doing. I've been able to give speeches and be part of the walks, but we're doing something now, hopefully coming up soon. It's a bit more robust, a bit more out there, a bit more open. A bit more angry,
0: the response to Grenfell from the public was amazing, yeah.
1: But actually, politically, it was terrible. We at the time Theresa May didn't come visit the site, but the Queen did, and Adele did. <laughs> they came down straight away, but Theresa May couldn't come. She's talking about public safety, so it just showed it showed like the, the um response, like you said. But you know, years have gone by. Questions are still unanswered. People are still not like housed properly, and cladding is everywhere. These these things can repeat, and and we're still not we still don't understand. No one, has, no one has been put to blame. There's no one is people should be in jail. And the, the effects of what happened in Grenfell are still there. We still have to drive. If you if you live in West London, you drive down at A40, you still see it all the yeah. time, and it's a reminder of what happened at night. And yeah, very life changing moment. My friend, my friend, my friend Yasin lost his, his, his life and his whole family lost their lives all at one time in one building. Five of them all lost their life to a mistake, to what they said was a fridge sparking. And then a fire happened on the outside going back in. It was it's sad, but every episode of reason and those people's lives have not gone in vain. Like they represent so much and they're in a better place now, inshallah. And I, and yeah. We just gotta keep going. Keep plugging, but that tribute, that tribute was from the heart. And the response to it was beautiful. Because I I was really worried that people can be like, why is this guy making a song? Like people have died. trying to make a song. You know what I mean? But people Especially actually, on the
0: internet. You know, you can never, yeah. you never know. It's if there is a negative to be found online, it will be found. Yeah, 1 million
1: percent. Especially yeah. from the victims and the families of the victims, reaching out like, yo, brother. And I I became one of the faces of the movement which i never thought would ever happen i'm just a young man just trying to express myself yeah and i've since then i've done speeches i've done the walks we've done like stuff on on on, on tv we're still talking about it now and stuff like this yeah. it's beautiful because we're able to relate back to it and and still help so it's important
0: i think something that's really nice about you is you overwhelmingly positive <laughs> like i feel like you know i listened to interviews in preparation I'm, obviously watch your show, you have such an energy and such a, like, brightness to you. Thank you. And my, one of my favourite things, because you're a sweetheart, really, <laughs> because uh, when I watch your show and you cook for someone, that moment on your face when you're waiting for them to try yeah. <laughs> it, oh, my heart, i like, that is somebody who loves and enjoys food. Oh, And, 1 million percent. and wants the people that eat their food to connect with it, to enjoy it. You're just a sweetheart.
1: Thank you. It's what that whole Thank comment you. was. Thank you. Let the world know. Yeah. Let's do. Nah. It's I, a sweetheart. I, I can't lie. Overwhelmingly positive. I like that one. Cause that's what I am. I do have my negative moments in real life, one million percent, but I love to emit positive energy. That's For me, that's the biggest blessing of my job is that every single person I make smile, every single person I make cook food, every single person I make have a good time or just laugh or just have a little bit of fun for me that's that's what charges my life. that's what gives me a good life. I feel like I'm repaid through the world for what I'd give the world. I give the world happiness and that repays me gives my family a good life, gives my friends a good life. so I'm never gonna stop because all I've ever seen in terms of like my actions is the happier I am, the more positive I am, the more stuff I get in return. So why would I stop? and there are times that sometimes I wake up I'm like, this is long life is long whatever. But I feel like definitely being in the public eye, my thing has definitely always been like to promote, to promote goodness. And Big Eats is such an avenue for that. For that. It's, yeah, when you said, when, when I'm, I'm watching the comedians or the celebrities eating, I'm like, enjoy this, you better. And that it's smile. real, it's
0: genuine, like it's, you have this like um, vulnerability on your face. Yes. Which is like, it's kind of like the facade drops and there's like a moment where you're just like, you can really see, like that's,
1: that's pure. Ah, um, there's jokes that you see that. I don't think people see that.
0: Yeah. I, I need I'm, to hide that You're, now. no. I, you're, I need to hide that You're easier to be. I need to
1: be stiff, like. Uh, do you ever get nervous? No. Never. No. When I get to new moments of my life, I definitely have nerves. Like, when I first did Sunday brunch, I was like, okay, wow, well, I'm doing Sunday brunch. Yeah. When I first did Saturday Kitchen, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm live on Saturday Kitchen. But I embrace it. I embrace it. So, I feel like when I have new moments, like hosting a Sidemen charity match, okay, 2.1, 2.5 million people are watching this right now. And they're all little kids who are going to destroy me online if I say <laughs> something wrong. Moments like that, I do get nerves, but I don't get nervous, because. I embrace it. I, I go in like head first. Sometimes it don't work. Sometimes it does work. But yeah, not, I, I'm not really a nervous man. If I was, I guess, I think when I met Jurgen Klopp for the first time, I was like, um, hi, big zoo here for BBC Sports. <laughs> and, I was, <laughs> and I was asking him a question. And he went, he went, the man is in town. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know me because I did a rap about Liverpool that went viral and then the team heard it and then because of that I was able to go ask them some questions on the Champions League media day and I'm, I'll never forget like if you watch the video I'm, I am quite nervous I'm like I'm like hi and he was like the man is in town and I was like I am in town yeah, yeah. You. <laughs> you're talking about me bruv
0: I'm back so
1: the moments like that made me realise just embrace it go ahead first and then I played football with Jürgen and I was okay yeah, yeah he, how would you rate yourself as a footballer out of 10 Solid four.
0: Very good. Anyway, this has gone absolutely unhinged. Uh, That's the Radio Times podcast with
1: Big Zoo. Go watch Big Eats on UK TV Play. What a great tour. It's been amazing. Thank you. Goodbye.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, you might like to listen to my conversation with YouTuber KSI or my episode with Chef Jamie Oliver. Both can be found by scrolling back through the Radio Times podcast feed. Thank you for listening to the Radio Times podcast with me, your host, Kellyanne Taylor. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please do follow, rate and review wherever you get your podcast from. It helps other TV and film lovers find us. Until next Tuesday, happy viewing.